Hey everybody, welcome. It is September 27th, 2020. This is the Robert Bruton Podcast Show and I'm your host Robert Bruton and today we are going to talk about uh, an ebook that I wrote that's been published for a little while but we're going to go back and relive Plan B Hell No. Stay with me. We're going to take a one minute short commercial break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, thanks for staying with me and welcome back to the show. Again, this is the Robert Bruton Podcast Show and uh, I'm your host, Robert Bruton and welcome, welcome, welcome as always. And we are going to talk about uh, and kind of go back over one of my books called Plan B Hell No. And uh, what really got me on when I wrote this book uh was, you know, I think I've lived my life where, you know, you kind of put a safety net out there. And I think there's certain things that we do in our life where if we put a safety net out there, I think you're short selling uh, yourself. And I think that uh, so many things in our life that I see, especially today, that uh, it's just, it's nuts because I think people sell themselves short. I think that people buy into the... Uh, notion that they can't do something or that, that, you know, well, you know, if I can't do this, I'll, I'll just do, you know, I'll just go back to what I was doing. So I want to read you the introduction to, to plan B hell no. And, uh, uh, let me see what you think about this. All right. Having a plan B says not entirely sold on your idea. Learn to hate plan B. It's time to think about burn the boats. In other words, it's time to believe in ourselves, our plans, and our life. And in the book, I tell you to keep reading because I promise it gets real obvious. Plan B takes energy from your plan. If you put in your head training for a marathon that if you can't do that, you'll just run a 10K. You're either going to run a marathon or a 10K pick. Don't leave yourself an option. Don't put doubt in your mind. Well, I'll cut off the training here, and I can still run the 10K, which is an achievement. Sure it is. However, it's not a marathon, not even close. Define what you want. Give yourself no other option but to win. Don't put a caveat on your life. We go on to read, Burn the Ship was born of an idea that originated in 1519. That year, Hernan Cortez set sail to Veracruz, Mexico, with his crew. As legend has it, Cortez had his men burn their ships, leaving no option but to press on. Their ability to retreat to their previous way of life was gone. Their safety net had been removed, cited from Burn the Ship. When you eliminate the option of going back, resourcefulness is all that's left. We will dispel any notion of plan B being a practical option. Learning to plan out your dream down to the very last detail and having the courage to burn the boat. Most of us think it's a good idea to have a plan B. For years, I think this left me with doubt in myself and my ability. Time and time again, failure after failure, I always said, well, you know, it can always go back to this. Instead of having a belief, there is no failure. So we will work through these doubts. So at the end of this book, you will burn the boat. 74% of Americans hate their job. Do you? Learn to burn the boat. 
The beauty of an ebook is that it's short, sweet, and to the point with no fluff. And I'm going to kind of cut it off there because um, the introduction really gets more into about reading the book and that type of thing. You know, and I do talk about taking time every day to make an investment in your success. If you take time every day to do something for yourself, to make yourself successful, and it is any sort of a drudge, any sort of a problem, then you need to rethink uh, that which you are setting your mind to do. You know, for me, for example, making a podcast, that is absolutely the funnest thing that I do. Okay. I love to write. I love writing books, but I also really love to come on the show and do the podcast because I enjoy it very much. So it's not a drudge to me. I don't mind taking time out of my day. I don't mind taking time to make this a possibility uh, for me to do. Uh, over the course of, of some time, because it does take time to plan out a show. It does take time to put the show together. It does take time uh, away from me doing other things that I might need to be doing. Uh, I don't get a whole lot of time off because I do uh, work another job that uh, is a means to an end. And uh, uh, I want to, uh, I'm, I'm working towards uh, doing what I do like this uh, being the only thing that I do for a living. And we are quickly and and uh, most assuredly getting to that point. Uh, and I hope by the end of next uh, or this year that that dream will be a reality because I do have some stuff working on my books that uh, should make that happen. So I'm learning that to live what what I preach, practice what I preach, you know, uh, learning to burn the boats uh, uh, where there is no plan B does take some uh, uh, forethought. And that's what I'm doing is I'm getting ready to not have a plan, a plan B. Uh, for me, this is an opportunity, what I feel like I'm doing now, uh, and I struggle with this, is am, am I Am I actually uh, creating a plan B here or am I actually doing, you know, so uh, what am I doing to make sure that uh, uh, that I'm not falling into that that plan B trap? So I uh, uh, do feel like that I'm socking away income, I'm making a savings, I'm buying equipment that I need, I'm doing things that uh, I feel like are moving me forward so that I can make the leap, I can jump, as Steve Harvey puts in his, uh, and you guys have heard me talk about this, if you've never watched the uh, video jump, uh, you need to, it is absolutely uh, life-changing if you really listen to it. And so that's, you know, uh, that's what I'm preparing myself for is to jump. And I think that when you work smart, and we talk about that in Organize Your Life to Win, where we're talking about constantly uh, making sure that we organize ourselves down to the last detail. 
and we talk about that in plan B, hell no, is we, you know, is we, if we organize ourselves for success, if we do what is necessary, uh, you know, uh, to make changes in our life that are lasting changes and smart changes that don't require us to have a plan B, uh, learning the difference between activity and productivity, learning the difference between resources and resourcefulness. You know, failure delays obstacles, and on the other side of that is our success, unwavering faith. You know, we have to believe in what we're doing. We have to visualize ourselves and see ourselves achieving that goal, and we have to have gratitude along the way thanking God for each and every step we take, whether it's a big one or a small one, or even if we step, take a step, a couple step backwards, here's the thing. You know, if God's pushing you backwards, you know, if you get, if you get pushed into, into a situation where you're moving backwards, you know, that may be saying God, you know, moving you out of the way so you don't get hit by a freight train. So you have to think of it that, wow, I got knocked two steps back. Well, maybe we got knocked two steps back because there's a freight train coming and we didn't see it coming. And so, you know, don't look at that as a setback, but look at that as a, as a save your ass situation instead. Um, you know, everybody has a lack of resources. And so, like in my instance, I'm not going to be able to save every dollar that I need in order to uh, do what I want to do. At some point in time, I'm going to have to jump. I'm going to have to get resourceful, you know. And what I am trying to do in this moment is I do have a couple of old past debts that I'm paying off. You know, I want to get those out of the way because with those two things out of the way, then the rest of my life is about me, okay? Um these two things ha happen to have an impact on other people's lives, so it's not fair to them for me not to finish those out so that I'm not including them in my, uh, in my dream because they're not part of it anymore. Um, so I will learn to be resourceful. You know, and it's, uh, we point out in the book, you know, um, and I've, and I've said this before too, you know, it's, if you get, if you look at, for example, Jack Nicholas, if we look at a golf, at a golf analogy, sorry, girls, but if you play golf, then you'll understand what we're talking about. Um, you know, Jack Nicholas played with, uh, equipment. So if we're talking about golf equipment, you know, it's equipment evolves. You know, can't whether you're shooting cameras, whether you're, you know, playing tennis, whether you're playing golf, skiing, whatever equipment changes all the time. You know, when I skied and I skied competitively, you know, the, the ski, you know, you, you skied on much longer skis. You know, I skied on 200 and 205 centimeter skis where uh, today they, they, you know, uh, they ski on 150s to 175s, you know. And, and longer skis in my day were the thing. Now it's shorter skis, you know. And so it's uh, uh, just a changing of the time and changing of the equipment. But getting back to it, you know, Jack Nicholas hit golf balls with a wooden head driver, you know, that uh, 
and you take Tiger Woods, for example, and, and, and he hits with a much different and a much bigger and a much, uh, uh, a much more, I, I don't know if you want to call it controlling club, but I think that the bigger head clubs, I think they allow for, for more control of the golf ball. But Jack Nicholas, you know, is unsurpassed in so many areas of golf that, and holds so many records of golf that, you know, and he did it in a day when the equipment wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't all that in a bag of chips, you know, and, uh, uh, you look at um, uh, any kind of sports where, you know, equipment changes and equipment is part of the process. You know, it's uh, uh, it's not like polo where a polo mallet's been the same pretty much, you know, since the beginning of polo. You know, polo balls have been the same pretty much since the beginning of polo. You know, so it, you know, soccer balls have been the same as pretty much you know, throughout the year, although it may have gone from a leather to a synthetic, but, you know, it's still in principle, basically the same thing, you know, whereas a uh, metal head golf club is significantly different than a uh, wooden head golf club for a lot of different reasons, but it's the person swinging the club. It's not the club. And Jack Nicholas proves that, you know, is, uh, uh, someone who has great ability, um, someone who has uh, world-class ability, which keep in mind, when we all started hitting golf balls, we all sucked at it. Tiger Woods didn't go out and hit the way that he hits unless he had hit thousands and thousands and thousands of balls. Same thing with Jack Nicklaus. I'm certain that when he was younger, that when he first walked out on the golf course, he probably, you know, hit a drive and go, uh, yeah, I think I'll take a mulligan here, you know. Um, and I'm sure that uh, Tiger Woods did the same thing. You know, we in the beginning, we all suck at whatever we're trying to do. So, you know, when you step out onto the golf course for the first time or you step off into a swimming pool, you know, you don't swim laps, just your first jump in the pool, you know, you, you basically jump in sink and hopefully someone's there to help you up and, and you, you know, you, but you, eventually all of a sudden you go from dog paddling and doing all kinds of crap to, uh, you took a stroke and your body started responding and you started skimming your way through the water. You're swimming. But when you first started, you sucked at it. You know, the first few times that you play cards, the first few times that you play video games, the first few times that you do anything where you are a novice, a beginner, you're going to suck at it. You know, you don't be the best uh, uh, Call of Duty uh, game player until you've played for a while. You know, you're going to get your ass shot a few times within the game environment. You know, the first time you go out shooting a bow and arrow, the first time you go out and shoot a gun, the first time you uh, do anything, you're absolutely 110% going to suck at it. So you have to learn the difference between resources and resourcefulness. 
you know, it's not the equipment. It's not what you need. Okay. You don't need to go out and buy a $2,000 set of golf clubs when you can go pay $200 at Walmart. I promise you Tiger Woods could whip your ass in golf. If you took his clubs and you handed him your Walmart clubs, he could still beat your ass. Okay, same thing with any pro golfer. You could hand them your shitty ass Walmart clubs or you could uh, and play with theirs and you're not going to play any better than what your ability is. So it's not the equipment. It's not a lack of resources. It's resourcefulness. And when we learn those differences, I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world. Because you can find ways to do things with very little stuff, okay? Um, same thing with cameras, you know. It, uh, when you go out and shoot cameras, I've shot just as pretty a picture with my phone as I have with my expensive Nikon camera, you know. And uh, uh, it's capturing the shot. It's capturing with the eye what you're trying to do. Sure, would a $50,000 Hasselblad, you know, medium format camera shoot a prettier picture than maybe, uh, you know, my $1,000 Nikon camera? Well, you know, maybe. But again, you know, I can fix all that in post-production, you know. I can make a, 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 an Ansel Adams quality photo, you know, if I have the eye to do it. It's not that, you know, he went out with an old style camera, you know, he wasn't shooting with some really fancy, you know, camera and he made the most beautiful pictures in the world, some of at least, you know, so it's not the equipment, it's you, it's not the lack of, it's you that can do this. So you have to learn to have that unwavering faith with yourself, you know. And you have to learn to throw plan B out the damn window. So, you know, things that we can do to help us have that, that faith is one is, is we can pray. We can pray about it, meditate on it. You know, connecting with divine energy, connecting with source, connecting with God, you know, and uh, doing that every day. Asking for guidance, learning to see yourself in these situations, learning to see yourself do these things, you know, clearing your mind, quieting your mind so that you can actually focus. You can actually go, okay, I get it. I can do this, you know, whatever comes to your mind, you know, and learning the difference between activity and productivity, learning to move your time forward so that you can get as much done in a day in your productive time as you can any other time. So it's important to learn the difference between activity and productivity. And if you've been listening to the show, I'm not going to bore you with going back over that. Okay. So there are previous shows that you can listen to that uh, talk about activity and organizing your life to win. Okay. Um, I can tell you this, that there is nothing is going to happen until you're grateful for what you have. And again, that gets down to resources versus resourcefulness, you know, burn the damn boat and get it where you've got to be resourceful. All right. 
um, training ourselves, training our mind, body, and soul. And so let me talk about, you know, some things that we have to really learn how to do. We have to retrain how we think and how we, how we feel and react. So Muhammad Ali says this, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life a champion, Muhammad Ali. And I, what else is there to say, you know? is you're going to have to make yourself train, make yourself change your mindset, get out of that, I can't do it, and get into an I can do it. Again, go back to resource versus resourcefulness. Okay? Um, another thing that's really was poignant in the book is he who has a why to live can bear almost Anyhow, Frederick Nietzsche, you know, he, when you have a why, when there's a reason for what you do, it should drive you, you can overcome anything. And I use this, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a tough analogy, but it's a good one. If you were sitting in the park as a parent, you're a mom, and let's say you're a shy, timid woman, man, whatever, um, and you just, you know, you don't, I mean, sometimes your own shadow scares you, okay? Um, and, you know, you've never really taken any risks. You've never jumped out there and done anything. Unless, you know, so um, on this day, you're sitting in the park and your child is playing on the playground and let's say 30, 40, 50 yards away from you, enjoying having a lot of fun. And as you're sitting there, out of the corner of your eye, you notice someone running. And this person runs and grabs your child and begins to run away with your baby, your child, your son, your daughter, to do them harm. So my thinking is, is that you will break a land speed record to if necessary, kill this person. And I'm not suggesting that you would have to do this. But you, your mind, you're going to be going, I don't give a shit. Whatever, I'm getting my kid. And if I got to kill you to do it, to protect him, guess what? And that's a horrible thing to have to think of. It's a horrible analogy. But I bet you on any winning Sunday that you would break a land speed record to protect your child under any circumstance. You would have no fear. You would, you would just, you would just go. The point to that is, is when you have to summon this strength, you can and will. So I know it's a horrible thing to think about. And it's a horrible thing to say those things. But it brings home the point that if you have to, you will do anything in order to protect or you can summon strength when you have to. It also boils down to, and I'll, this one will be a little more funny, people who tell me they don't have time. Oh, I can't squeeze another, you know, I'm a, let's say single mom. Uh, get kids ready for school, um, 
Then I go to work. I work, pick kids up from school, homeworks, dinner, laundry. Uh, I don't have time. I don't have time to do nothing. I, I can't squeeze another thing in. I don't have time. There's no, there's no time for me. I'm just, there's just nothing. So my question to you is, did you at any point in time in the day from this morning till now, take a bathroom break? Yeah. Okay. So here's the skinny. You made time to take a bathroom break, right? Yes. You went for five, 10 minutes, let's say. Yes. Okay, so you've found time to do something. Well, that's part of. No, 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 no. Stop overthinking it. You found time to do something, and it was a bathroom break. Why did you find time to do it? Because if you don't, you're going to sit there and pee your pants, and then you're going to be sitting here going, "I think I'm still in my pee pants," you know. And for those of you that don't know what that. A movie analogy is, I'm sorry, you should have watched the movie. Um, you know, it, you, you can find things when you have to, okay? You can find out things when you have to. You can do things when you have to, okay? You have to take a bathroom break. You have to protect your child if, God forbid, something horrible was about to happen. You have to. And that's the way you have to look at things that that becomes resourcefulness. We can make time. We can find time to do things. Another thing that Muhammad Ali was, was um, quoted as saying in, in something that when he was training, they, the a sports writer asked, you know, how many how many reps do you do? And he said, uh, I, I don't start counting until it hurts. You know, and you have to push yourself through your pain. Don't start counting until it hurts. You know, that's 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 a, a heavyweight champion of the world. That's what it means to be a heavyweight champion of the world. And you can be a champion of this world. It just takes, I start counting when it hurts. You know, um, and the way that we start changing is we start, you know, if you need stamina, if you're tired, here's the skinny, start walking, start doing some things that get yourself so you can build up your stamina. Okay, I'm so exhausted. I have a friend who tells who says that all the time, and I swear to God, one more time, I, she's gonna make me scream. I'm so exhausted. I'm so exhausted. Well, then get off your ass and walk and build your stamina up, because you could be a champion. You can be a champion. You know. Then we have to eat right. We have to feed our bodies. We have to take time for ourselves. You know what I tell people who uh, tell me they don't have time? You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger said it best. If you're up at 4 a.m. and you begin your day there and you work through your day being productive and do the things that you have to do. And then he talks about, you know, most people think you need a good eight hours sleep to have um, 
to have a healthy life. And he said he, that he only worked off of sex. And he said, what you need to do is sleep faster. You know, do you want, how bad do you want something? And I'm not suggesting, see, and if you read my, my books, like an organize your life to win, I teach how when organizing your life to include a life, because here's, well, you guys have heard me talk about this. One of the books that, that, that I, one of the book projects I'm working on is, you know, when you're busy making a life and you forget to have a life and then you wake up at 50 plus years old and you go, Oh shit. Uh, half my life's gone. And I kind of forgot to have a life. I kind of forgot to enjoy things. Now you're trying to retrain yourself to learn how to enjoy life. It's hard for me to unplug. It's hard as hell for me to take a day off and just be about me and not worry about, oh God, what am I going to do? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? You know, and, and you guys heard me talk about this in the last show. One of the things that my ex would tell me is, you know, you're fighting demons in a closet that aren't even there. Monsters under the bed that aren't even under the bed. And, and very much right. I have. I'm fighting. You, most of us are fighting demons that aren't even there. They're the ones that it's, the, it's in our noodle. It's in our head. And that's what happens. That's what happens. So set out and change, take some time to set up and organize your life to win. But that's not what we're talking about today. I want to read you another quote that, that, I've, that I found very poignant that I put in my book, Plan B, Hell No. It states, I am here for a purpose, and that purpose is to grow into a mountain, not to shrink to a grain of sand. Henceforth... I will apply all my efforts to become the highest mountain of all, and I will strain my potential until it cries for mercy. Augmandino. Yes, you will strain your potential until it cries for mercy. So what do you got to do? You got to get off your ass. And say, hell no, not anymore. <laughs> That's another one of my things. And having unwavering faith. If you don't have unwavering faith, then you really can't achieve all of what God has for you. So let's find out what God has for us with unwavering faith. So, Michael Jordan once wrote, or said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I have been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed, Michael Jordan.
You know, it's how people remember you. It's how you played the game. You know, so if you think about that for a minute, missing 9,000 shots, you know, that's a lot. But it's how Michael played the game. It's how he electrified a crowd. It was those little things that he did that just, you were just mesmerized by the man. He didn't have to be perfect. He did it 26 times. He missed a game-winning shot. And that's okay. Because there were other aspects of his life that, other aspects of his game, I should say, where, man, was he something to watch. J.K. Rowling, who wrote Harry Potter, she was in Inc. Magazine, and to quote some things that she said, I stopped pretending to myself that I was anything other than what I was and began to direct all my energy to finish the only work that mattered to me. Had I succeeded at anything else, I might not I might never have found the determination to succeed in the one area where I truly belong. I was set free because my greatest fear had been realized, and I was still alive, and I still had a daughter whom I adored, and I had an old typewriter and a big idea, and so rock bottom became a solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. And for those of you that know, and she is the published author of Harry Potter, arguably one of the most successful books in the history of books, literature, uh, has well in excess of a billion dollars in sales between movies and all the things, has theme parks. I mean, but she was at rock bottom. She was a welfare mom. And not that that's a bad thing. It's not. We all need a leg up. But don't stay there. And she chose not to stay there. And that's the difference. She chose to jump. Her unwavering faith made Harry Potter come to pass. If God put it in your heart, then why would he let you fail? You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to jump. You're going to have to get bumped and bruised and knocked around and beat, beaten up. And your faith is going to get tested time and time and time again. But imagine... If her faith had wavered, she would have never finished the books. You build on failure. You use it as a stepping stone. Close the door on the past. You don't try to forget the mistakes, but you don't dwell on it. You don't let it have any of your energy or any of your time or any of your space. Johnny Cash. 
So it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter the mistakes you've made. And you all have heard me say this over and over and over again. You can make mistakes and you may have a past. And that past may have hurt people close to you. It may have hurt people around you. The best you can do is offer up a self that is better than that person that was in that day. I am not the same person I was 25 or 30 years ago, not by a damn sight. And if those whom you have a relationship with or had a relationship with, if they don't or cannot or are unwilling to forgive past indiscretions, then that is sadly on them. Because if given the opportunity to rebuild, then I think most people who uh, want or desire that opportunity uh, would be welcome. But if you're not welcome back, then that's something where you just have to move on. And I can tell you that from firsthand experience. 20, and this is Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So what Jesus is telling us there is that all we have to have is faith the size of a mustard seed, and we can move mountains. I read from the King James Version, and and, and I'm like Steve Harvey. I'm like, these, thou's, those, you know. But it is the most concise uh, version of the Bible. And... Uh, uh, you know, I don't speak Aramaic and neither do you. So, you know, and there's some, so in the long and short of it is, uh, you, and you guys have heard that over and over throughout life is, you know, you, you, you all you need is the faith of a mustard seed and you can move mountains and we all struggle with it and we all have to go back and say, I'm sorry, Lord, uh, you know, uh, forgive me. And we start and we start again. We do it again. You know, and you don't underestimate yourself. You can do it. I hope that this resonates with you. I hope that you will um, get the book and read it. If you can't afford it, and I understand, send me your email address and I will send you happily a digital copy. I am about to publish this book and the reason that we're talking about it is it's about to come out on Audible as an audio book and uh, I have been recording that uh, 
for a, uh, a day and uh, we still have several days and then editing for it so it won't be out for just a little bit uh, but you will be able to get all of my books on audible probably uh, hopefully right after the first of the year all of them will be on audible and that's kind of the plan right now since we're still suffering through this uh, but it's opening up but still suffering through some COVID things and not being able to travel and do stuff. Uh, things, you know, I had some book stuff and things I wanted to do and was going to do, but uh, those things have had to be postponed for now until the we get through all this COVID stuff and we don't have to social distance and we can actually hug each other. Okay, so we are going to call it a day. Plan B, hell no. Do not give yourself a plan B, okay? And I'm not suggesting that you go, well, okay, honey, I quit my job today and I'm going to mow lawns for a living, okay? No. You do what I'm doing, okay? You plan, you make, you set, and you put some things in action, okay? I will get to a place where I am going to have to jump, but I'm not going to stupidly do it, okay? This takes some planning and some forethought. This takes some things, you know, if you're married and you're getting ready to quit your job and you are the sole breadwinner of your family, then work smart. Don't be stupid, okay? Don't just sit there and, you know, you can have a plan. You can have a plan, but it needs to be a smart plan. But it also needs to be a plan that there is no other option but to go, jump, hi, bye, see ya. Okay? All right. RobertBruton.com is where you can find all kinds of cool stuff. You can uh, uh, reach out to me if you like to through the show, or you can reach out to me through the website. Um, God bless you. God bless your family, and good health and good fortune be upon you and yours. So this is Robert Bruton with the Robert Bruton Podcast Show. Bye for now.